Welcome back to the Adam Schefter Podcast. As we leave week 10 and the six game-winning field goals that decided games on the very last play, unbelievable ending to an incredible weekend, and we now shift into week 11, which is highlighted by Kansas City between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs, and we will be joined today by the Chiefs' 2022 first-round draft pick. The Chiefs traded up to get him. He has started every single game for Kansas City's season, a defense that quietly has been one of the best in the league. The 2022 Kansas City first-round draft choice, an outstanding young man, very impressive, Trent McDuffie. But before we get to Trent McDuffie, as always, we will shift to the host of the Fantasy Focus podcast, my friend, my colleague, and my compatriot for the weekly six-pack, Daniel Dopp. This week's six-pack. All right, Adam, thank you so much. Excited to be here as always. Always fun to be able to do this with you on a Tuesday, but let's dive right in. Topic number one of our six-pack and it's got to go with last night's game. Adam, I thought the Bills were like a Super Bowl contender at one point this year. I thought the Denver Broncos were the worst defense, potentially the worst team in football at some point this year. I just watched the Broncos take down the Bills, unfortunately led by a bunch of Josh Allen turnovers. What's the state of these two teams now? I feel like things have shifted completely from where we were at like eight weeks ago. Isn't it incredible? This is a Denver team that at one point gave up 70 points the Miami Dolphins, That's crazy. people wondering if they're going to trade Patrick Sutan, trade Jerry Judy, trade Cortland Sutton, trade away the whole roster, even get rid of Sean Payton, wrong hire. Well, it doesn't look like that now, <laughs> does it? And the Buffalo Bills anointed as a Super Bowl contender, a favorite. Yep. And they have been wallowing and something is wrong in Buffalo because that team has not looked right all season. They're not functioning the way that the Bills normally did. And that last night was a game from the moment you put it on, I knew it was going to be one of those games. And I even go back to Sunday in the war room at ESPN. Chris Berman and I are in our weekly survivor pools. And last week I was eliminated when I took the Atlanta Falcons over the Josh Dobbs led Vikings. And Chris Berman said to me, why did you not take the Shefty? I'm alive this week. Okay. You're not. I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. And as he was walking oh, no. out of the war room, I said, boom, I'm a little worried about your pick. Ah, uh, Shefty, I got it. Okay. And I saw the first play on Monday night. A little pass to the flat. James Cook fumbles it. Denver recovers right out of the gate. I go, here we go. Here we go. You knew it was going to be one of those games. It turned out to be, Daniel, the best Monday night football game of the season. It was compelling till the very end. In fact, my daughter woke up this morning and she said, who in our house yelled, oh, my God, at 11.30 last night? Well, that was me at the end of the game as Buffalo scored and Denver came back down the field, tried the field goal, missed the field goal, too many men on the field, try the field goal again, win the game. Boomer's out of his survivor pool. That's it. Boomer's <laughs> out of his survivor pool. And the best Monday night game of the year is in the books. And I will also tell you this before we move on to topic two in the weekly six-pack. I covered the Broncos for years in Denver. I watch them now with a very neutral eye. Last night was the first Broncos game since maybe their Super Bowl season that I watched 
and got excited about. They have been a total non-factor. They've been a team that just is not very interesting. Last night, they were interesting, they were compelling, and they've become a team I want to watch and track the rest of the season. That Cortland Sutton touchdown in the corner of the end zone, end zone dragging those feet, Adam. Oh, that Woo! was pretty. That was a beauty. All right. Let- Good thing they didn't trade Cortland Sutton. That's right. That's right. That's right, Adam. All right. Topic number two for our six-pack. It was at the start of the season, Adam, that I remember Bryce Young seemed to be the guy that everybody was talking about being the number one overall pick. And C.J. Stroud was sort of a consolation prize for the Texans. Now we fast forward here, and it looks as though C.J. Stroud might be the next big thing in the NFL. No joke, Adam. We've been having a lot of conversations around C.J. Stroud potentially being in the MVP category. Is that something that like I do with my friends as like a dumb fan because that's something that that we think is fun? Or is this actually C.J. Stroud is an MVP candidate even within league circles and people within that decision-making situation? Well, let me just say this. The fact that we're even talking about him as an MVP candidate is a huge win and shows you how much he's done. The last two weeks of Monday Night Countdown, the opening segment of the show has been about C.J. Stroud and whether he's going to be the offensive rookie of the year and an MVP. He's made the Houston Texans, who all we talked about was the Deshaun Watson saga and where he was going to go and what happened in Houston in the massage parlors there with all the women. He's made the Texans relevant and interesting, much like the Broncos. And he has been the best quarterback in that draft class. There are people who say he's now the best quarterback prospect in years. He's got more passing yards through nine games. The only two quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks, who ever had more passing yards than C.J. Stroud after nine games? Andrew Luck in 2012 and Justin Herbert in 2020. Wow. This past weekend, the Houston Texans, who previously were irrelevant, the Houston Texans became the first team since the 1998 Indianapolis Colts to have a 350-yard passer, C.J. Stroud, a 150-yard rusher, Devin Singletary, and a 150-yard receiver, Noah Brown, since the 1998 Indianapolis Colts led by Peyton Manning with Marshall Falk and Torn Small at wide receiver. They're doing things that haven't been done in years, and that is C.J. Stroud. And that is why he is the Rookie of the Year. And that is why we'll talk about him for MVP. Is he going to win it? Probably not. Is he going to be in the conversation? Probably. And that in and of itself is the win right there, Daniel. Adam, I did not have C.J. Stroud, Noah Brown, and Devin Singletary having a game like that on my bingo card in Week 10. I'm not even sure I thought that Noah Brown was going to be a guy that I could use within fantasy, let alone have it be a name that people knew for a Texans wide receiver. And yet here it is, C.J. Stroud just out here finding everybody in his offense. They look so good. All right, Daniel, before we move on to item number three, I was going to point out in last week's six-pack, and I'm glad you referred to it this week with Noah Brown. Do you realize that the wide receivers who are lighting it up right now are C.D. Lamb, Noah Brown, Amari Cooper, Dalton Schultz, all, all Cowboys or former Cowboys. Dallas has really figured out how to grow these wide receivers. Last year, last week, the four receivers in the NFL, four with the most receiving yards, were all Cowboys or former Cowboys. C.D. Lamb, Noah Brown, Amari Cooper, Dalton Schultz. Noah Brown was like a free agent fine. Oh, yeah. throwaway for Dallas, and he's become a standout in Houston, in addition to C.J. Stroud. And C.J. Stroud's made this all possible. He's looked amazing being able to find those guys out there. 
All right, topic number three. I mentioned it earlier, leading into the C.J. Stroud conversation. Bryce Young, the number one overall pick, Adam. Here's a question that I have. All right, this Panthers team is not good. Third fewest offensive points per game. That is not great. Excuse me, offensive yards per game. They also are the only team that is one and eight. They gave up a ton of resources in order to go out there and get Bryce Young. Can you just remind me? all the things that they gave up in order to go get Bryce Young with how this team is playing right now? Well, I think people forget. We saw him Thursday night against the Bears, who they made the trade with. And I just want to just point out, here's what the package was to acquire Bryce Young. Yeah. Wide receiver DJ Moore. A 2023 first-round pick that turned out to be Darnell Wright, the offensive tackle. Yep. A 2023 second-round pick that turned out to be cornerback Tyreek Stevenson, who almost made the interception that ended the game before the Bears eventually won anyway. A 2024 first-round pick, which currently is the number one overall selection in the entire draft. So we're talking Caleb Williams or Drake May. And then a 2025 second-round pick. So there were five picks and players traded for Bryce Young. Now, when you make a trade like that, you better be sure that you got the guy you wanted. And the Panthers obviously believed in Bryce Young. And all I could say is we haven't seen from him so far what we've seen from C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud, you watch and you're like, wow, he's got it. Bryce Young, I don't know what we got right now. Yeah, I don't know what we got. I know what they gave up to get him. And that is the kind of trade that if it doesn't work out, is going to take a franchise years to recover from. That one's really tough, Adam, because it feels like the cupboards are just so bare for Bryce Young. And when you do that as a team, you're sort of mortgaging your future in order to get your guy. But then can you make sure that your team is competitive enough competitive enough to make sure that guy has enough around him in order to be the guy that you even drafted him to be in the first place? Like it's And know? I know Frank Reich has said it's a marathon. We'll see over time. And that's fine because they need to have this guy get better over time. But CJ Stroud looks like the real deal. And Bryce cool. Young looks like the jury's still out. Yes. Yeah. Yep. All right. Topic number four, Adam Schefter, these Dallas Cowboys, you mentioned it a little bit earlier mm. in the show. They mm. have been fantastic over the last four weeks since week six. Okay. Cause they had a buy in week seven. They are first in points per game. They are first in yards per game. They are second in yards allowed per game. They have the most dominant offense. One of the most dominant defenses. They're six and three, Adam. And I think that they've got the Philadelphia Eagles pegged on their schedule as a team that we are coming after you guys. We are the real deal. I think the Dallas Cowboys are trying to say the NFC North doesn't just belong to you, Philly. Am I totally off base here? Because I'm I'm getting that vibe from this Dallas Cowboys team right now. Well, we said this on Sunday Countdown this past week. And what I pointed to was the schedule, the upcoming schedule. Dallas is now 6-3. and three, Philly's 8-1. and one. So they're two games behind let me just give you the little schedule here right now, Daniel. The Dallas Cowboys play at Carolina, home for Washington. Oh, my gosh. And home for Seattle. Now, they play at home two of the next three games. The Cowboys have a 12-game home win streak, the longest active home winning streak in the NFL. Nobody's won more at home in wow. recent seasons than the Dallas Cowboys. Two of their next three are at home. The one road game is at Carolina against Bryce Young. The Philadelphia Eagles play Monday night at Kansas City. The Buffalo Bills, who have been struggling, as we mentioned, and then the 49 and then the 49ers. So if 
if the Chief, if the Eagles win one or two, if the Eagles win two of those three, two of those three, and the Cowboys go unbeaten, then on December 10th in Dallas, Philly and Dallas will be playing for first place. Oh, yeah. In Dallas. If the Eagles happen to win one of these three, there's a chance that Dallas could be in first place by that point in time if Dallas does what we think it has the potential to do. The point is, however these next three games go for the Eagles and the Cowboys, these two teams would seem to be on a collision course. And whereas it looked for a little bit of time like Dallas might be dead and Stephen A. Smith is laughing on their grave, they're not dead just yet. We still need them to make some clutch plays. We still need to see more. But the Dallas Cowboys are going to be heard from again this season, and they're going to be heard from over the course of the next month of the season. They have looked fantastic. Dak Prescott under center has looked unbelievable. It's the things that you can do when you got a good quarterback, Adam. That's what it's all about. All right, topic number five. Speaking of good quarterbacks, let's talk about the Minnesota Vikings getting Josh Dobbs. This dude is unreal. I know all the jokes with the pastor not and everything like that. Adam, uh, I, I want to know this. I got two questions for you. Okay, one, what's his future going to look like in the NFL? Has he proven himself as a potential starter for teams coming out of this year where he's been a fill-in, filling in for guys that are hurt? Does next year look like a spot where he might get a shot? And two, why did the New York Jets not go out and try and get Josh Dobbs to help save their season like the Minnesota Vikings did? What happened there? Well, a few things. First of all, I've watched this guy now the last two weeks, and he has been unbelievable to watch. And when he was in Arizona, I called around to some people. I'm like, why is this guy bounced around to where he's been on nine different teams? Nine teams in the NFL. Nine. And he's been traded twice this season. And he's with his third different team. And nobody wants to seem to hold him. I asked him, what's the deal? And they're like, accuracy. I'm like, accuracy? Really? Okay. So I watched his accuracy the last two Sundays. And you know what his accuracy was? Right on the money, almost every time. And he was (laughs) running around and making plays, making himself look like Randall Cunningham, Steve McNair, Josh Allen, when Josh Allen was like, this guy is doing it all. And there's not a better story. And what's also interesting is that Kirk Cousins is on expiring contract. Josh Dobbs is on an expiring contract. And I remember talking to the Cardinals when Josh Dobbs early on was playing well. And they're like, yeah, you know, initially we traded for Josh Dobbs, and people were like, well, I could trade for Josh Dobbs. Then we put him out there like, you're starting Josh Dobbs? Yeah, we're starting Josh Dobbs. Now it's like, well, is he going to start again? Yeah. Is he going to be good enough to take over from Kyler? Pump the brakes. Hold on. Well, eventually they saw what they didn't like and decided to move on from him. Kyler's back in Arizona. They shipped Josh Dobbs to Minnesota. Now the same things that happen in Arizona are happening in Minnesota. You're trading for Josh Dobbs. Is he going to play Josh Dobbs? Is he going to start? Oh, he is starting. Oh, he is playing well. Can he hold the job? Do we want to build around Josh Dobbs? We ask. It's the same. It's repeating itself right now in Minnesota. But in the interim, it's become arguably one of the best feel-good stories of the NFL season. Maybe the best, oh, yeah. right? Like oh, this yeah. guy that nobody's wanted has come in and looked like an, his own MVP kind of candidate, right? Like, could he ever play himself into that conversation? He's looked like a Pro Bowl quarterback, Daniel. And he's got the Vikings on a five-game winning streak. It's tremendous to watch. His contract's up. Kirk Cousins' contract's up. Minnesota's got the market cornered on quarterbacks on expiring contracts. But the pastronaut <laughs> has been lighting it up, and we are here to watch it all outstanding. Dude, uh, 
real question, Adam, and you can tell me if you don't know. Maybe we're not sure about this. You you mentioned accuracy as one of the reasons why people didn't love that. Yeah. I'm watching a quarterback right now in New York, and Zach Wilson has accuracy issues all over the place. Do they even try and make a move to potentially get Josh Dobbs, or did the Jets feel like you know what Zach Wilson they is can't. just our it's best option? It's past the trade that Daniel. It's but no, past did, the trade deadline. But but did they be, did they before the no. trade deadline? They were no. like, nah, we're good with Zach Wilson. No big deal. Well, like, first that's... of all, the Cardinals thing came about very suddenly. He was their starter. And then all of a sudden, Jonathan Gannon announced that Monday he wasn't. He was traded like two days later, and right? And he was traded no, no, the next morning. He was okay. traded to Minnesota. <laughs> so, like, there was a window, like a 12-hour window, where all of a sudden Josh Dobbs was available, and then he was with Minnesota. Dude. It's ridiculous. He's doing great things for the Vikings, who, by the way, Adam, have won five straight in order to stay in the NFC North race. Josh Dobbs is keeping those Vikings in that conversation. All right. Last one for the six pack here, Adam. This week's primetime schedule. We did not have a great primetime schedule this last week in week 10 because we had so many good teams on a bye. The Chiefs, the Eagles, and the Dolphins were all out this week. However, we finally get a better primetime schedule this week. Thursday night football, we get Bengals. Ravens. Oh my gosh, that is going to be a such good. Well, such well, a hold good on. Let me interrupt you right here and just say this to you: like you, you the prime time schedule this week on paper might be the most appealing one that we've had that we've seen long. yet. Yeah. Okay. And the funny thing is, is that a couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago, the big conversation was, and this brings us back to our initial point about how quickly things change in the NFL. Should the NFL flex out of the Vikings at who wants to see the Vikings at the Broncos? And in two weeks, three weeks, the Broncos beat the Chiefs, the Broncos beat the Bills, Josh yep. Dobbs gets traded to Minnesota, Josh Dobbs reels off a victory in Atlanta, Josh Dobbs reels off another victory against the Saints, the Vikings are rolling, the Broncos are rolling, and lo and behold, three weeks ago, when we're talking about flexing out of this game, now it's like Minnesota at Denver. I can't wait to see that game on Sunday night. That's after the Thursday night game of the Bengals at the Ravens, followed by the Monday night, the penultimate game. Oh, man. The Eagles at Chiefs, a Super Bowl rematch. So literally, I I don't want to tell my wife, but I'm going to tell my wife right now. Like, I'm busy for dinner this week on Thursday, <laughs> Sunday, and Monday. Like, I have plans, okay? I got, I got like, stuff I got to do. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, we're not watching – Housewives on Thursday night. You know, we're not watching the newest episode of the Kardashians on Thursday night. We got right. we got Bengals at Ravens. We got Vikings at Broncos. We got Eagles at Chiefs. And this is to me the most compelling primetime matchup we've had in a while. And then that's followed up by Thanksgiving week. I don't know who wrote the script this year, Daniel, but whoever did, props because it's incredible how it came together and how a game like Vikings at Denver, that was a flex candidate a few weeks ago, is now an unbelievable matchup that I can't wait to see. And that's followed up by the Monday night game, Eagles-Chiefs, and then we get the Thanksgiving action next week. Well, we will be in Kansas City on Monday night for the Eagles-Chiefs Super Bowl rematch. And we figured before that game to give us a little insight into what it's like to play for this underrated Chiefs defense and to go up against Patrick Mahomes in practice every day we would bring in the Chiefs 2022 first-round draft pick, a man who's become a stellar player. He's an ascending star in this league, the Kansas City Chiefs cornerback, Trent McDuffie. How was the bye weekend? It was great. I actually went to uh, UW, the UW game this weekend. So watch to see them boys play in person, finally. What do we think of Michael Penix? 
Um, honestly, you know, I knew the hype was there. I knew him from last year, but then when I actually went in person and like saw that man actually throw the ball, I was like, okay, yeah, you got it. I was like, this man really got it. He could throw that thing so nice. Does he remind you of anybody at all, Trent? I don't know. He a lefty. I know. So very different, you know? Like, I would say Tua, but, like, his ball's a little different. Maybe Vic. Kind of like Vic, man. How he can just rocket that thing. Like, it lost, but it gets there. It's one of them. It's special. Listen, you you go up against a pretty good quarterback in practice every day, so you know what it's like. Yeah, you know what I mean? I Mm-hmm. He's got mm-hmm. he's got ability. Like you could look at it and say this guy is gonna be something. Yeah, at the next level. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely got ability. It's just yeah, can you handle? I mean, out here seeing at least our offense, can you handle that playbook? Boy, it's different. Yeah. So when you come back from the bye, do you feel a little mentally and physically fresher going into the Monday night game against the Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah, definitely. I think it like last night. I came home, you know, off the plane, a little groggy. I was like, oh, man, I got to get up, got to get to practice. And then earlier this morning, we started watching some of the tape and stuff, and I got kind of like them little butterflies. And I was like, oh, I'm back. I'm like, okay, now we are back in the thing. You know, when you start getting that excitement, it's always a good thing. Are the butterflies over Monday Night Football? Are they overplaying the Eagles? Are they overplaying good wide receiver? What What are the butterflies about, Trent? The butterflies are because I get to go play football again. And that's as honest as I can be. Like, I got to go out there today and actually go put the pads on and move around a little bit. Like, I'm one of those guys that I need to, like, move around all the time. So, like, during the bye week, I'll just be saying, like, dude, I'm bored. Like, what am I going to do? Like, it's so great not having to practice. But, like, man, I don't have to get up in the mornings. So, like, when you get back into that routine, you're like, okay, I feel kind of good again. You weren't invited to Buenos Aires? Ha ha, I was not. I was not. <laughs> <laughs> How does one person go from Germany to Kansas City to Argentina? Back. I couldn't believe it. I said, hey, Kels, you got it. I said, you can do all that and then you can come here and run around. I was like, that's when I knew you are different. That's when I knew because my back was hurting after that Germany flight. <laughs> you know, that's and a he's older flight. than you, Trent. He's older. Not older. Yeah, he's got some mileage to him. And you can tell yeah, him I said does. that. <laughs> he definitely does. But hey, that man is still healthy and kicking. I'm telling you. He's a character. Oh, he's the best. He is the best. Why do you say the best? Um, he's one of those guys where no matter what happens in the day, like you always feel good energy around him. You know, like he always is able to lift you up, he's able to lift everybody else up around him and he just got ultimate energy. Like, even I bet you talk to Patrick Mahomes about it. Like, he's someone where I'm like, dude, how are you still, like, how are you still up? Like, how are you still energetic right now? But that's just, I always say them Ohio boys. I was actually, after practice, me, Brian Cook, and LJ Sneed were all running hills. And after about, like, rep seven, me and LJ were like, okay, dude, like, how many more you want to do? And B Cook's like, come on, man. Like, yeah, I'll run two more with you. And then we get back in the locker room, I'm like, dude, you guys are just different over there. Like, what is in y'all water? Because I don't know how they do it, man. That's a very good way of describing him. Good energy. I like yeah. that because that Great is energy. spot on. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's He brings that. So tell me what Arrowhead's going to be like on Monday night for the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, I already know it's going to be rocking. I mean, I was saying Germany was a good crowd. And, then you know, I'm some soccer fans, but. 
You talk about a Super Bowl rematch. You talk about Monday night, a game where the fans get to tailgate for 24 hours. You know what I mean? Like they get the whole weekend plus another day. I mean, I'm sure that place is going to be electric, which makes the defense even more excited. And Trump, why do you think people are not talking more about this Chiefs defense? Um, man, I mean, I feel like you might know a little better than me. Um, (laughs) You know why? My theory would be Patrick Mahomes is so good and Travis Kelsey is such great energy that people aren't used to talking about the Chiefs defense when the defense has been the unit that's made the difference for this team this year. I like that. I like that. That's definitely been something I said that we've been trying to change a little narrative, you know, like, yeah, we have Pat. Yes, we have Travis. Yes, we have Andy Reid. But this defense, I said in OTAs, I said in training camp, I said this defense is just different this year. Like whatever we did over this past offseason to come together when guys went away and stuff and came back, I mean, I think it's a mentality thing that I think is the biggest difference. And what and what about this defense makes that difference in that mentality? What's the mentality yeah. like? Um, it's almost like it's selfish in a sense where everybody wants to be so great at what they do that the standard is for four quarters, we're going to be the most relentless for four quarters. We're going to be those guys that, yeah, we might have coverage breaks. Yeah. You might get a long ball, but you better strap it up the next play. Cause yeah, you might get one play on us, but we're here for four quarters. And that's something that I haven't played with, you know, I haven't played on many defenses where I can truly just look around and be like, yo, no, he's bringing it. Like, I better be on my game because these all 10 of them are on their game. And um, it just makes you play harder. It makes you want to study harder. Like, you really want to be on your game because everybody else around you is. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Adam today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Adam. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I want to go back to the 2022 draft. The Chiefs trade up for you. You were the first player that they traded up in the first round to go get since trading up in 2017 for a guy named Patrick Mahomes. And the pick pick that they had to get you was the pick that they got in the Tyreek Hill trade, by Mm -hmm. the way. 
So I'm curious to know how that makes you feel. But were you surprised to see the trees traded up with the Patriots when some people had you pegged going to New England? Yeah, honestly, the NFL draft is now I can finally say it is so crazy. Like I first off had zero communication with the Chiefs. So when I see it actually pop up on my phone, I was like, whoa, this came out of the blue. Um, and then to know that they traded up and all that stuff, like it was a side of me. It was like, man, this feels really good that like a team traded up, you know, once me. Yeah. But then on the back end, you're like, OK, but now you got to go prove exactly why they did this, exactly what they're thinking. Like now I have to go prove it. And so that's been something that on the back of my mind each day, it kind of like fuels the fire, you know, like, OK, even though I'm tired, all, even though I did this or maybe, you know, Miami game, I had a great game. But then this week we play the Eagles. Like, what is that? That game don't matter no more. Like, come on, Sharon, you got to keep it going. You got to keep doing these things because especially with Spags as a defense coordinator, he keeps that thumb on you, which I love as a player. <laughs> you know, don't don't give me no rest. Like, come on, coach. But, um, yeah, he makes you stay on your toes. So, And what was the experience like in the first year as a rookie being on a team with Mahomes, Kelsey, going to and winning the Super Bowl as a rookie? Yeah. yeah. Um. I'll say my rookie training camp, I'll never forget. I was the most frustrated I've ever played football because no matter what I was doing, Patrick Mahomes was getting them boys the ball. They was throwing it all over the field. And I was like, I must not like, you know, like, what am I doing as a DB? Like, what's happening? And then I get injured and I'm like, okay, wow. Like, you know, this whole first season, I'm like, what am I going to do? And then came back that second half, like, okay, I got to prove it now. And then you go to the Super Bowl. And I like just sat back this offseason, like, what just happened? Like, it was a blink. <laughs> and I go from being in college to a Super Bowl champ to like all these things overnight. And I remember I went home and everybody was like, yo, what's up, champ? What's up, champ? And it was like, whoa, I was like ducking. Like, whoa, that's strange. I forget y'all calling me champ. Like, I'm not used to that. So um, many blessings, you know, a ton of blessings, but definitely something that I don't feel like it's going to truly hit me till like one day I'm like, okay, I'm done with football. Like, okay, wow. Yeah, that was great. Cause I'm so much just in the moment next, next, next that I don't ever really allow myself to sit in those moments like that. Had you ever won a championship before Trent? Only in baseball when I was 10 years old and in basketball, never in football. And that's my sport. So I have been fighting for that championship forever. And what was the best part about winning the championship, even though you've not been able to fully process it? Yeah. Um, honestly, when that confetti rains down and you look up and it was my whole family because I had my whole family out there. They were all turned up. And then I turned around. You just see your teammates faces like you just see it's like a collective unison like. Ah, we did it, you know, like all this hard work, everything we had to go through during that week, like all the ups and downs of the season, you can finally sit back and say, okay, for this, at least one night, you know, these one, two nights all the way up, I say three, cause you know, you get the parade and stuff. You can go celebrate, but for at least three days, you're like, I get to actually just do nothing, but enjoy having a win. Will seeing the Eagles on Monday night remind you of that? Or do you have to tune it out, ignore it and look at this as an entirely different experience? Man, you definitely have to look at it as a definitely a new experience because they're a different team. We're a different team. And um, actually, one of the big things that Coach Spag said this morning was he, he hinted back to last Super Bowl. And he's like, I don't know about you guys, but 
they put up 35 points against us. And I know this year's defense, we're like, none of that. You know, we are not trying to give up points. So um, there's definitely kind of that stigma, kind of that stuff. Like, okay, we still, even though we won, like, that wasn't our best defense. We still have something to prove. So if you put up or allow 35 on Monday night, you're going to be a little disappointed, Trent. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I don't care if we win or lose. If we let up 35 points, yeah, there's going to be definitely a lot of sour faces coming out next week. They're pretty good, though. They're a great offense. They're a great offense, and they're efficient. They got Jalen Hurts. They got the tush push. They got A.J. Brown. Like <laughs> It's going to be a matchup. But one thing at least I know with this defense and just being around the guys is we love games like these. I mean, you got to love a Monday night football game against the number one team in the NFC. Like, this is a showdown, man. This is why we're in the NFL. It's games like this. And how do you think this team will respond to that, Trent? Oh, I'm sure they have um, a lot of things they're saying on their side. I'm sure there's a lot of energy. There's a lot, you know, both of us are on a bye week. Both of us had time to go back, study our own films, study each other. So um, I'm expecting a dogfight. That's for sure. Now, you mentioned Mahomes your first summer going up against him, throwing the football all around where you question yourself. Does going up against him in practice initially take an adjustment to where he's so good that he actually impacts your confidence level because he's throwing darts all over the place? Yeah, definitely. I would, at least for me, um, someone who I really want to strive to be like the most consistent player, you know, like. Each day I want to get better and better. And then you go against Pat and it's like, oh, I did great at this thing. But then I gave up three deep balls or, yes, I had the perfect technique coach, but he still caught it. Like those little stuff, um, definitely during training camp when it's hot and you're mad, emotions like, yeah, it can it can take a hit on you. And I think the best part about him and just like this whole team is even though he will throw five bombs over your head and do a little talk or, Hey, I got you on that. Like he's always like, but no, you're, you're great. You're in great position. Like everything you did was perfect. It's like, you know, like he will still give you a little flowers where you're like, okay, at least, you know, he gave me a little bit, even though he threw a great ball and all that, even though they scored, like he still saw exactly what I was doing. So that was cool. And here's the flip side to that Trent, right? Even though you go up against him and you realize how different the pro game is initially, and you recognize how hard he is to defend, the good side is, even though on your schedule left this season, you'll go up against Josh Allen in Week 14 mm-hmm. and Joe Burrow in Week 17 and Justin Herbert in Week 18, you're not going to face a quarterback in a game right. who's any better than Patrick Mahomes, the guy you go against in practice every single day. I say it all the time. I say, hey, defense, look, just get this ball back to Pat. Let him do his magic. Our job is to get him the ball because once you get him the ball, that's when magic happens. Hey, let me tell you something. I got to cover the Denver Broncos for almost 16 years, and I got a firsthand view of John Elway. And he dominated the AFC West. Kansas City can never beat him in much the same way the Chiefs have enjoyed all that success over the Broncos. And every year, that was Denver's advantage. You have that advantage now, Mm -hmm. and probably for the foreseeable future, for the better part of your career. I would say to you, Trent, stay right where you are. Keep (laughs) enjoying the fruits of playing with (laughs) Patrick Mahomes and keep riding that for all it's worth because that is going to make your job a lot more enjoyable through the years. I hear that. Hey, I cannot complain when we're over there giving up 
14 points and Pat's on the other side with 500 passing yards. I'm like, whoo, I'm glad that's not our back end, fam. That's all I got to say. And that's why if you're playing at the level you are this year and the defense is playing at the level it's playing at this year, mm-hmm. watch out for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Hey, you see it. You see it. Hey, I want to thank you very much for the time today. Wish you a lot of luck on Monday night. Pleasure talking to you in person. Of course. Yeah. Thank you so much, man. It was great to meet you, too. Good luck Monday night, Trent. We'll be in Thank touch. You. Sounds good. I like that guy. Daniel, Trent McDuffie. Impressive, engaging, thoughtful. You know, I hadn't spoken to him before, but I have to say, having spoken to him now, really like him, and we'll be rooting and watching him for the rest of the year. You know who else I'm rooting for, Daniel? My fantasy basketball team. And I Ooh. am in a situation right now that I've never been in before. Okay. I've got, we've got in our league, we're in a, NBA War Room Fantasy Basketball League with 14 teams. We each have three injured reserve spots for three injuries. We've been in the league. I think the league is five or six years old. I have six players without designations, one with a day-to-day designation. I went through last week without three players in full. I've never had this before, Daniel, where my entire roster is injured, hurt, sick, migraines, UCL problems, like it is unbelievable. I can't even feel the team on a night-to-night basis. It's that's killing tough. me, Daniel. Yeah, that's tough. I'm actually a little bit ahead of you, which is not normal this early into the season. Adam, your team has struggled out of the gate with injuries. I feel like this, but it's a long season. I'll say this, it's a long season. It is, but this is my personal plea to Jamal Murray of the Nuggets, Terry Rozier of the Charlotte Hornets, Trey Murphy of the New Orleans Pelicans, Herb Jones of the New Orleans Pelicans, Walker Kessler of the Utah Jazz, (laughs) R.J. Barrett of the New York Knicks. Please, gentlemen, I need you to get well and get well soon. We are sinking. We are taking on water. We can't have this. So I'm I'm just rooting for my NBA players to get well soon. And while they're getting rested and ready, I'll be tuned in to the primetime schedule this week. All right, we want to thank our... Guests from the Kansas City Chiefs, Trent McDuffie. I want to thank the host of the Fantasy Focus podcast, Daniel Dopp, my producers, Christina Buswell and Sarah Abbott, and you, the listener, for tuning into another Adam Schefter podcast and weekly six-pack. Please join us again in this space next week. We'll be back with more interviews, insights, and information as we get ready for Thanksgiving week. Can you believe it's already here? Until then, have a great week, be well, and stay safe.